The Atlanta Braves get a huge win over Jacob deGrom and the New York Mets on Thursday night thanks to a brilliant performance on the mound from their ace, Max Freed, and some clutch hitting by the Braves' offense as well as some great base running by Von Grissom. We'll talk about that. Also give you an update on Mike Soroka, who's progressing nicely, and some uh, news on Marcelo Zuna as well, who was arrested Friday morning for a DUI. We'll talk about all of that on a Friday edition of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I've been the co-editor over there for several years now. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. A lot of great conversations going on on the YouTube page. I really appreciate all of that and enjoy conversing with you there. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's Friday episode, we're going to recap the big game from Thursday. Great pitching matchup. I really want to dive into the numbers on Max Freed versus Jacob DeGrom in that outing. We'll get into the offense as well and the clutch hits in that game and the approach by the Braves hitters. And then we'll get into the news segment where we talk about Mike Soroka and the Marcel Ozuna news. And then we'll preview the weekend series as we get a rematch of last year's World Series. Let's jump into Thursday's game, a big 3-2 win. In my opinion, the the best game of the year for the Braves. When you talk about the magnitude of this game, it's a two-game swing. In my opinion, it's pretty much a must-win game, a must-win series to stay alive in this NL East race. I still think it's a, a tough road for the Braves to manage to come back and win this NL East because... Mets have a pretty soft schedule in the month of September, but winning this series at least gives you a chance. You know, the difference between being three and a half back after that series and five and a half back is really big. So you at least now give yourself a chance. If you can stay within three games into that final week where you have three more games against the Mets, I think you give yourself a chance, but you had to win this game in order to do that. And you had to take down Jacob DeGrom. And it was just a, uh, from a baseball perspective, it was just a great game, a fantastic game to sit and watch. You had great pitching. You had some timely hitting. You had some good base running and some bad base running. A couple of plays here that we'll talk about that the Mets didn't make that I think ultimately decided this game. But I want to start on the mound because these were two aces going against one another. And look, don't get me, don't get it wrong. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. He's perhaps the best pitcher of all time. And when you talk about all times, it's hard to make that claim because every generation is different. But 
I think Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher that I've ever seen with just what he can do and the pinpoint control that he has with it. But Max Reed is a really good pitcher in his own right. I think he's an ace. I think he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, maybe the best left-handed pitcher in all of baseball right now. And in the game of baseball, you know, those two pitchers go head-to-head on a given day, and Max Reed and the Braves can win, and that's exactly what they did. I talked about it coming into the series. The Braves starters, and I talked about it before i've talked about earlier in the year when matching up these two teams the brave starters are capable of going toe-to-toe with the mets pitchers i'm gonna talk about that more in a second but max freed in general as we know is capable of doing that i want to go line by line here and kind of just break down the starts from freed and Degrom. so bear with me i'm going to throw some numbers at you here first just going to look at the final line for each max freed seven innings four hits no walks two earned runs both coming on a two-run homer Six strikeouts, 93 pitches. He had a jam in the third inning. He really had two innings that I thought he kind of struggled, one being in the third inning where the Mets got first and third, nobody out, and then he escaped that. You know, he he had first and third, nobody out, calmly strikes out a couple batters, and then gets a ground out back to the mound from Starling Marte. And then he left a couple of pitches up in the fifth inning, and Mark Canna, who had a couple of good swings against Max Freed, got him for a home run. It was a good at bat by Mark Canna. Ended up hanging a slider there to him on 3 2 after Canna fouled off a couple of tough pitches. And that tied the game up. The first home run allowed by Max Freed since June 9th. And then you look at the line for Jacob DeGrom six and two thirds innings, five hits, no walks as well, three earned runs, uh, one of those being an inherited runner that the bullpen allowed to come in. Nine strikeouts, 95 pitches. The most he had thrown this year, his previous high was 75. You know, Jacob DeGrom's obviously still working his way back. This is a big jump in pitches for him. I still think if this is a playoff game, he finishes that seventh inning. He pitches to Michael Harris, who did not look good at all against Jacob DeGrom. Most hitters don't, but uh, I think DeGrom probably finishes that inning out if this is a postseason game, but he didn't, and credit to Michael Harris and the Braves for getting it done. I thought Jacob DeGrom really had one bad inning, and it came in that third inning. Slider backed up on him a little bit and a couple of of at-bats that he left out over the plate, and Braves hitters put five balls in play in that third inning, and here's the exit velocity and expected batting average on those. 91.4 miles per hour, a 9.20 XBA. That was a single from Grossman. Acuna had a line out at 101.3 miles per hour with a 450 expected batting average. And then Dansby Swanson, 105.7 mile per hour double with a 550 XBA. Austin Riley followed that up with a 99.6 mile per hour single with a 770 expected batting average. And then Matt Olson, an 88.6 mile per hour line out with a 670 expected batting average. I tweeted this out. I really doubt there's ever been an inning like that where you've had that many good swings against Jacob DeGrom. So you give credit to the Braves hitters there. It was really the only inning DeGrom struggled and the Braves made him pay and took advantage. Again, got a couple of sliders that one that backed up to Dansby and stayed in his wheelhouse. Another one to Austin Riley that stayed up just enough that he could get under it and get, get it up the middle for a base hit. So again, DeGrom really good. I thought he just had that one bad inning. All right, next we'll look at the whiffs and called strikes for Max Fried and Jacob DeGrom. This is the stat I go to a lot to see just how dominant, effective a pitcher was. 
Max Breed had 32 total whiffs and called strikes. That's 34%. He had 14 whiffs, 18 called strikes, six whiffs on 10 swings against his changeup, which was interesting. Um, seven called strikes on that curveball. I thought the curve was good really early on. He started to lose a feel for it later in the game, but early on he was able to get it over for strikes and was just freezing those Mets hitters, but he kind of lost that later in the game, but he had that changeup going. Uh, as for DeGrom, he had 29 total whiffs and called strikes. That's 31%. So Freed was actually a little bit better than him there. Uh, DeGrom had 20 whiffs and just nine called strikes. 12 of those swings and misses came on 30 swings against his slider. He's primarily fastball slider, uh, not too different from what we see from Spencer Strider, but a little bit harder, which is crazy to say because Strider throws 99, but DeGrom 100, 101, and he's able to locate it uh, on the corners at will. DeGrom also had seven swings and misses on 23 swings against his fastball. So pretty comparable there, but Freed was a little bit better. You look at the exit velocity and hard hit balls. Freed had an 84.4 mile per hour average exit velocity and gave up six hard hit balls on 19 balls put in play. DeGrom had a 91.8 mile per hour average exit velocity against. That's a little bit deceiving because the harder you throw, the harder the exit velocities are typically going to be. So understandable that DeGrom's would be a little bit higher there. And DeGrom also gave up six hard hit balls on 16 balls put in play. Key difference here for me, Max Fried had seven balls that were hit below 80 miles per hour, while Jacob DeGrom just had one. Again, part of that goes into the fact that DeGrom throws harder. The exit velocities are typically going to be harder, but Max Fried, you know, really relies on getting that weak contact. And he had seven balls put in play that were hit below 80 miles per hour. Uh, just shows you how effective Max Freed can be. So I wanted to line that out for you, just looking at the comparison between those two pitchers. Both great, obviously, uh, on this night. Both made a couple of mistakes that ended up costing them. But overall, just a great pitching matchup. But I mentioned at the top, coming into the series, the biggest thing for me was how would the Braves starting pitching hold up? Because they hadn't done very well against the Mets in previous series. And you look at it, and when you look at Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, and Max Freed, you know, three of the four that pitched in this series, three of the guys that likely start a postseason series for the Braves, they pitched 18 and two-thirds innings against the Mets, allowed just 10 hits, just two walks, which is key when you look at that last series up in New York, and they walked a ton of batters, only three earned runs, and 22 strikeouts. That, to me, is a definitive statement right there. If you wondered if the Braves starters could go toe-to-toe with the Mets starters in a series, and the Mets starters are very good, look, I'd probably still take the Mets rotation because you have Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer at the top. You know what you're getting from them every time out. While Braves fans, you know what you're getting from Max Freed just about every time out. Still a little bit of a question mark for Charlie Morton, who's been up and down. Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, you know, still kind of young. You feel somewhat comfortable with them. I think I would still take maybe the depth of the Braves rotation, but those top two for the Mets, you you know every time out, they're giving you six, seven strong innings. But either way, this showed me Braves starters can go toe-to-toe with the Mets in a series, and they certainly did that in this one. And, uh, you know, it's just really has to give the Braves, give fans a lot of confidence. You know, the Braves and Mets did match up in a postseason 
I think the Braves have shown now that they have the starting pitching that can go up against them. And I think you saw an adjustment from Braves pitchers in this series from the last one, much more aggressive in the zone, getting ahead in the count, you know, not having as many walks and throwing quality strikes. There's a difference between just doing what Odorizzi was doing and just throwing balls out over the middle of the plate and throwing quality strikes on the edges. And I think you saw Strider and Morton and Freed do a great job of that and getting ahead in counts. Like the Braves pitchers have really feasted on chase chase swings out of the zone. Mets just aren't going to do that. You have to be able to trust your stuff in the zone, get ahead in the count, and then you can nibble on the edges a little bit and get them to have some weak contact and get some swings and misses as we saw in this series. So I thought it was a great change in approach by the Braves pitchers. I think they had a great game plan, and it certainly paid off this time around. There was some timely hitting in this game I want to talk about. We'll get to that after the break. Did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets, rich in unhealthy processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made and environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers. But now it's easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com slash MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB now to get started. As I mentioned, a great game on Thursday, great pitcher's duel, but you got to score to win, and the Braves did just enough on Thursday night to do that. Got a couple of runs off Jacob deGrom in a third inning, and you know I talked about it, the exit velocities from the Braves in that inning and the at-bats they had. They really took advantage of the very few mistakes deGrom made. I wanted to run through that third inning really quickly. Harris started it off with a strikeout. Again, like I said, not much luck against DeGrom, which makes the decision to pull him in that seventh inning even more questionable. Again, it is a postseason. DeGrom probably sticks out, uh, stays out there. But after that, Grossman chokes up with two strikes, gets a slider up just enough that he can get under it and drives it into right field for a single, a one-out single, then Acuna put Goodwood on a 101-mile-per-hour fastball up in the zone, lined it out to left field for a tough second out. Then the Braves, as they've, done, as they've done all year, went to work with two outs and two strikes. Dansby fell behind 0-2. DeGrom threw a slider that backed up on him, stayed in Dansby's wheelhouse, and he cranked it into the left center field gap for a double, scoring Grossman from first base. And we've seen that a lot here lately. Going to talk about that more in a second. Riley, who had been cold all week, gets two hits off DeGrom in this game. First one in the first inning, he drove the ball the other way. Really nice swing. But here... He falls behind 1-2, takes a change up in the dirt, fouls off 101, low and away, and then got a slider that stayed up just enough. He's able to get under it and drive it into center field for an RBI single, and Olsen lines out on the first pitch to second base. Just a great inning from the Braves. Again, you don't have many opportunities against Jacob deGrom. You got to take advantage when you do, and I thought the Braves did that in that third inning. But then it came late in the game, and the game's tied up. Braves needed a run, and with two outs, the kids went to work. Vaughn Grissom had an eight-pitch at bat against Jacob DeGrom. 
took some really close pitches. I think you could visibly see DeGrom getting a little bit frustrated with the takes by Von Grissom. And then it ends with an infield single to third base, goes off the third baseman's glove, and that chases Jacob DeGrom from the game. Like I said, postseason game, he probably stays in there, but this was by far the most pitches he's thrown this season. So Buck Showalter goes out there, takes him out, brings in Seth Lugo, and then Michael Harris works a seven-pitch at bat, works it full. That way Grissom gets a head start from first base, and Michael Harris pulls an outside pitch that goes just through the shifted infield, I mean, perfectly placed so that it gives uh, Grissom a chance to score from first base. And this was really the first mistake of the game for the Mets in this one. I didn't think Nimmo charged that ball nearly enough with the speed of Vaughn Grissom. You knew he's running on the pitch. You know the aggressiveness of Ron Washington at third base. I thought that was a bad play by Brandon Nimmo. I know he doesn't have a great arm, but even if you charge that, get it in quick to your cutoff, man, I think Grissom is dead at home plate. So I thought that was a huge misplay there by Brandon Nimmo. The Braves take advantage. Great slide by Vaughn Grissom. I jumped out of my chair and was screaming and shouting, scaring my wife and waking up the kids. Uh, what a great moment, a great play for the Braves right there. So the Braves get it done. They get a 3-2 lead right there. But leads me to my next point I wanted to talk about, and that is the speed on this team now. And earlier in the year, and honestly just a few weeks ago, I was talking about how this team is so reliant on the home run because they're so station to station. They don't have great base runners. And so it's a, it's a walk and a single and it's first and second. And then it's a strikeout and a pop out, you know, they're waiting on that home run and they they don't have ways to manufacture it on the bases because they don't have enough team speed. That's still true for the middle of the order. When you get to the Riley, the Contreras, Darno, you know, Rosario part of the order, but, Right now, with Michael Harris, Vaughn Grissom, Robbie Grossman, Ronald Acuna, Dansby Swanson, those five batting consecutively in the order, that group right there, uh, they're showing some speed, and you've seen it here lately. I've seen the Braves score from first more in the past couple of weeks than I think I have all season long. You saw it from Grossman on this night. You saw it from Grissom as well. It just really has changed the dynamic of this lineup to be able to score without that home run ball. Look, you scored three runs in a game started by Jacob deGrom, and nobody had to run into one to do it. You were able to manufacture all of those runs. You know, Typically, you're going to score against a guy like deGrom. It's because you, know, you somewhat got lucky and squared one up, kind of like Dansby did back at City Field, and you get a home run off of him. That's typically the most main way you're going to score off DeGrom. You're not going to string hits together like the Braves did in that third inning. So it's great to have this speed now to be able to score in different ways, and that's what has happened now with this Braves lineup, which could only even get better with Ozzy Albies coming back too. So love that speed dynamic from the Braves now. It's really paid off a lot here lately. And I wanted to do my – uh, player of the week performances, the hitter of the week for me is Vaughn Grissom. He had a team-high 11 hits and scored a team-high nine runs this past week. Two doubles, a homer, five runs batted in, three walks, six strikeouts, and a stolen base. He slashed 393, 452, 571. You know, how great has this kid been since coming up? Robbie Grossman's been great as well, kind of stepping in 
to that everyday role now, whether a righty or lefty on the mound, six for 18, two homers, a 1096 OPS this past week, which was tops on the team. Michael Harris, he also had a good week. He's had a good month of August, but this past week, eight for 28, four doubles, two homers, eight runs, six runs batted in, two walks, two stolen bases, a 976 OPS. On the pitching side, several to choose from, but I'm going with Charlie Morton, what he did the other night against the Mets, six and two-thirds, three hits, one walk, no earn, and 12 strikeouts. A really dominant performance, but you could have gone with Max Freed. You could have gone with Bryce Elder, what he did on Sunday against the Marlins. And Dylan Lee, you know, he had a bit of a rough stretch there, but this past week, three and a third innings, one hit, no walks, and six strikeouts. He's been very good as well for the Atlanta Braves out of that bullpen. All right, next, I want to talk about the Marcelo Zuna news, and as well as an update on Mike Soroka and when he will start again for the Braves. We'll talk about that next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, making each ring one of a kind if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 to help you find that memorable gift at every budget make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. and going on now is the blue nile anniversary sale save up to 40 percent on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25 percent on engagement ring settings plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside shop stress-free find your forever piece go to BlueNile.com today BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds and lines and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device. To learn more about the action happening, bet online where the game starts. So amidst everything happening on Thursday and the excitement of the Braves win, a lot of fans woke up this morning to the news that, once again, Marcel Ozuna had been arrested. Uh, this time for a DUI charge, he was arrested and booked early Friday morning. And... Look, it's not great, obviously, for Marcelo Zuna, uh, who hasn't been listening uh, to our, our promo reads on here. Drive sober or you will get pulled over. Look, I made it very clear after what happened with Ozuna last year that I wanted him off the team. Um, I still have felt that way all year long, and I still feel that way now. And the Braves are in a – they're just in a tough spot. And they owe this guy $37 million over the next three years with his $1 million buyout in 2025 included in that. He's owed $18 million the next two years. You know, he was taken out of the lineup this past week in the biggest series of the year against the Mets. He hasn't played since Sunday. He really hasn't been very good all year. He got off to a hot start in April, but since then, just really hasn't been good enough to warrant being in the lineup every day. I know the Braves, a budget-conscious type team, you know, for them to eat $37 million like that, 
It's just not something that they want to do. But I think it's time to cut your losses. And now you're, you worry about, is this guy affecting the clubhouse? What kind of mood is he generating in the clubhouse? Because now you're going to have teammates, coaches having to talk about this as well. After you just came off the biggest win of the year, a huge series win over your division rivals, and then this is what you wake up to the next morning. I just I feel like it's time to cut your losses. I felt if you could get to the offseason that Alex could find a way to to trade him to maybe do a bad contract swap. But with another arrest, your second arrest in two years, I really think he's becoming untradeable now. Like who who's going to who's going to take that on? What team is going to take that on, even in a bad contract swap? the best thing you could probably do is attach a prospect or two to him and send him to another team who will then just dump him. And if that's the case, just dump him yourself, <laughs> you know? So I really think we're at that point with Ozuna. It's highly unfortunate. You know, I hope the best for him. I want to see him turn things around, but I think you just got to let him go. I don't think there's any other way around it at this point. He's, he's becoming, he's becoming a problem for the team, I think you have to let him go. And that's that's going to be hard to do because that's just $37 million that you're throwing away. Um, but he's not in your starting lineup at the moment, and he's creating bad press, bad energy for your team. I think you got to cut him. And we'll see what happens here in the coming days, what Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves decide to do. But I think we're at that point now with this latest arrest. Moving to some good news, uh, Mike Soroka said he will make his next rehab start on Sunday with Gwinnett, and that is certainly great to hear. He'll try to build on the 45 pitches that he threw his, his last time out in Rome, uh, his first rehab start. You know, the way it probably works, I think we see him make at least three more rehab starts, so four in total. If that's the case and he stays on the schedule that he is now throwing every fifth day, I hate to even say this because I do not want to jinx Mike Soroka in the slightest, but we could see him the first or second week of September, and we could possibly see him make two or three starts for the Braves this year. And look, like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx in anything. You know, that's if everything stays on schedule, everything goes well, no setbacks. But I'm really trying, I'm trying not to get too excited to the fact that Mike Soroka could be back you know, at the beginning or second week of, of September. But that's the pace he's on right now. And if everything, again, stays on schedule and goes well, you know, we could potentially see Mike Soroka make two or three starts for the Braves this year. And I think that would be huge. That would be very exciting. You know, again, I don't know what kind of role he plays. Uh, we'll obviously have to see what he looks like. I'm glad to see he's going up to Gwinnett, face some AAA hitters, some guys with big league experience. And that'll give us a much better indication of what his stuff, you know, looks like. Uh, but just very excited for Mike Soroka. Hopefully he is able to get back, make a couple of starts for the Braves this year. That would just be, uh, that would be a, a lot of fun. And that'd be huge for him as well. And then lastly, you got a big series over the weekend. Got a World Series rematch. The Braves take on the Houston Astros. The Astros, in my mind, they're the best or second best team. I think right now it's between them and the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. And you got McCullers versus Kyle Wright on Friday night. McCullers making his second start since coming back. He's been injured all year. 
in his first start back, which came against the A's. Six innings, two hits, four walks, no earn, five strikeouts. Last year in 2021, 316 ERA, a 122 whip, 162 and a third innings, just 122 hits allowed, but 76 walks. He has a very high walk rate in his career, but also a very high K rate, 185 strikeouts last year. Pitched in two games in the in the ALDS last year, gave up just one earned run on nine hits and three walks with nine strikeouts in 10 and two-thirds innings. But then was injured, didn't pitch in the ALCS or the World Series, so that was obviously a big loss for the Astros. I'm sure McCullers and the Astros are looking forward to him coming out there and showing what could have been if healthy. And then Kyle Wright skipped his last start with arm fatigue, so really just curious for him to see where is that velocity. It was down two miles per hour. His last time out, is he able to get that back, get back up to 94, 95 with that fastball? That'll be key to watch with him. Was still really effective in his last start coming against a good Red Sox lineup. So just really interested to see what he does with the extra rest. Max Reed looked pretty good with the extra rest that he had on Thursday. Hopefully we see the same from Kyle Wright. And hopefully there's no letdown. Look, there's no question. That was a huge series. That was a huge win on Thursday. But again, now you got to face another top team in baseball, a really good team in the Astros who are looking for some revenge from the World Series. So you can't have a letdown here. You got to keep going. And hopefully they have a good series against the Astros, another, like I said, top team in baseball. Me and Grant McCauley will have a postcast after that game on Friday. So make sure that you check that out. But thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of the day. Now go and make your second listen, Locked On MLB where Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and gives you the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. You can follow me at ShortstopBall. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 